Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek for the voyage home one minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Hello, Chris. Hey, Dave. Oh, another day yeah. and another minute in 1986. I love being back in 1986. Me too. Me too. It's like we're time traveling. When we <laughs> yeah. watched it, when we watched it when it came out, it was like, oh, neat. It's Star Trek today. Yes. But now, it's like we're watching time travel Star Trek of the past. It's now now. <laughs> what the hell am I looking at? So this is minute number 41, and this minute starts with a fake newspaper headline that nuclear arms talks have stalled and ends with an antique shop owner asking Kirk if he wants to part with them. Yep. And what is that then? Hey, so what's – wait uh, – 2010. Yeah. Uh, when did that come out? Was that would that have been the same year as uh, 2000, 2010? The movie? Yeah. The year we made contact? Yeah. 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 Did that, that, was, come out? That, that, that was 1984. It was 1984. Okay. It's just you know interesting. These uh, you know clearly the the fear at the time, right? And we we were there in the 80s. Was the bomb, right? And, and the Cold oh, War yeah. and yep. nuclear yep. war and um, I mean this newspaper headline could have been was probably also showed up in 2010 because that was the big, you know, kind of subplot driving that film was the, the tensions between Russia and the United States. And um, just interesting is, you know, we really don't feel that anymore. You know, you don't yeah. have that, that the fear of nuclear war is imminent, um, but it's all over the place in the 80s films. I'll now get off my political soapbox. Okay. Well, if we didn't already have nuclear scare already from other talks it's right in our face here in this minute in the fake newspaper san francisco san francisco register nuclear arms talk stalled dun 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 you know total you know in your face about nuclear power and all that kind of stuff and how it was you know at the height you know it was the arms race right yep. it was the height of the arms race us in russia building up their stockpile um. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Uh, it's. I mean, do you think this is? Let's see. You don't really need that in here, right? Because there's no. I mean, other than we we need to get to a nuclear submarine in the film and get the photons and stuff. Yeah, I you think it's. Yeah, I don't. This is just more of Nimoy, you know, banging his ecological drum, and um, or is it supposed to be foreshadowing of the World War Three that we know is coming right, mm, in the Star Trek universe? Could be. Could be that. Or it could just be a message of the times. You know, this was what was going on at the time. Save the whales, environment, nuclear power, nuclear arms race. Like, that was the, the sign of the times. And there's been a message every step of the way. <laughs> he's beating that drum. He is. He's beating the drum. Yep. But I think this is also just a little nod to that they're there essentially to find a nuclear power, you know, whatever, to, to, to zap those photons into their homemade, you know, device that, you know, Spock used the Klingon blender and, you know, microwave to build. 
Um, I mean, continuing on this theme, right? So that the, the first line in the in this minute is after yeah. the woman picks up the newspaper and you know walks away. They're all you know they're all just still looking around. And yeah. McCoy's first comment is, "It's a miracle <laughs> these people ever get out of the 20th century." Um, and I think that that's a uh, he's going to do this more than once, right? In this film, yeah. Um, talking about how archaic things are, but I, I still think it's a little knowing what he knows, knowing what they all know of earth's history and what's to come seems a little flip to me you know like oh these people are well, going to be dead soon well think you know? about it so he's 23rd century mccoy so he's what at this point they're in the 20th century right yep so they're in the what the 24th century uh no 20th no they're in the 23rd century so they're in 2200 whatever yep. so that's 300 years give or take 50 years yep Ahead of us. Just think if you got in your time machine 88 miles an hour and slingshot around the sun and you go back to, you know, it's 2000. So let's just give the benefit of the doubt. Let's just say around 300 years. Yep. You go back to 1700. Yeah. I think you would be like they're barbarians. What it's are a, these people doing? It's a miracle they ever got out of the 18th century. Exactly. <laughs> I am totally on board with his. He thinks everyone's just a bunch of monkeys. Yeah, it's like he's I think that's what he believes that you know they're still in the trees waiting to evolve into man, <laughs> right? You know, and I think it'll be the same thing if we went back in time to the same amount of time. I bet you we go back to the 1800s and we probably would be like, man, what is yeah. how how uh, did this ever how, industrial revolution? I laugh at you. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. So you're defending him. I, I just think it's. I don't know. It's I find it flip. Um, so I am. I will say now, I am on board with McCoy flipness okay. in this movie. Okay, with all the flipness. Yeah, even even later in the movie, I am on board with it. Okay. Um, His cynical mind. Uh, let's. Uh, I guess there's quite a bit in this minute actually to kind of unpack. Um, the the next uh, Kirk says next so they're, you know, they're still using money we've got to find some yeah and uh, I don't know about you but I um, Star Trek and money uh, all that stuff to me uh, is all tied to Picard's speech in the Next Generation and I was it the pilot when he was lecturing at Q you know that we we, we you know we, we we forgo money and we just pursue you know noble arts and all that garbage and Science. Right, and it was that all to to, to Q in the when he was defending mankind. Um, it was something like that. Yeah, it was like you know we've you know out you know there's no no such no such need you know needs or wants or yeah. you know no one has need of money or personal property gain or something. And he makes the comment like we uh, you know we we work to you know better ourselves to better you know, mankind and, you know, that sort of thing and explore and learn like, it. yeah, he's, yeah. Something, it's something to that effect. But I, I agree. I think, I think the thing with money in the Star Trek universe has always been because he makes that speech, but then you go to a show like DS nine and you have the, the Ferengi, they're all about the gold press latinum. Yep. Yep. There's always bars of gold press latinum. They're at the, you know, they're at, they corks, I think even has like a, you know, gambling setup and you know they're 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 shilling out money for you know to win more money right so picard just being a snob so does so my question to you is does is money 
if you're in Starfleet, mm -hmm. you have no want of money. If you are a regular schlub who's, uh, whether you're a, you know, tanker, you know, uh, driver, you know, you, you haul toxic waste across the universe or you are a moisture, you know, farmer or whatever on, on you know, a, a, a desert planet somewhere, on a, on a desert planet <laughs> yeah. somewhere, you are concerned with money because you need to survive. Okay. You're so I would that. say, so I'm asking, I believe, and I'll tell you my belief, yeah. is that money is more important to, much like today, is more important to lower middle class than it is to the mucky mucks who don't need it. So you're, you're, I, I am, I'm currently rereading George R. Orwell's 1984. Okay. And, and I think what you're suggesting is like Starfleet is like the party and the proletarian, all the regular schmoes out there. You're saying the, 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 they're the ones that, yeah, they need money and they're struggling and they're still, uh, uh, are you saying that Starfleet is, is better than everybody? Is that what you're s suggesting? In a, in a roundabout way, I think. <laughs> that would be an interesting angle to so, explore. I don't mean that they think they're better than everyone. Like, I don't I don't think they hold their noses. Like, they're not the one percenters. Like, okay. they're not the people, you know, they're, they're out there for, they're even helping the little people. I get it. But, you know, I think to you and me, we would be working for the Gold Press Latinum. We would be regular employees, you oh, know? That's why I'm doing this podcast, for the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, check us out at Patreon. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I, I think that would be an interesting angle. Like if they ever did, you know, they do. We, we talked about that. I think just the last episode, you know, the um, or maybe it was on the one of the weekend shows <clears throat> about the, uh, you know, when they do the episodes with the lower decks, you know, that the, the secondary crew members right. and that the tell the tell the Star Trek story from their point of view, not the main cast. Right. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. They've probably already done it, and I just have not not remembering the episode. But we need to see the um, you know the working man uh, an episode for, from their point of view, looking at Starfleet. You know, like oh, they're off, you know, gallivanting right. around the stars, and I'm over here. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, that'd be a neat a neat thing to to to, to explore. But I'm sure they already did it. So. Yeah, yeah. it'd be cool though. Yeah. Thanks. Cool idea. <laughs> uh. All right, let's do uh, some tidbits. So, <clears throat> I never tidbits. thought of, I never thought about this before. Yeah, um, we know they go back to 1986, but we did we did you ever think about when in 1986 they arrive? Um, you know, I don't think it ever really crossed my mind is to think like, oh, I guess for me, and I know they're in California, and I'm going to put a weird. I'm going to say something super weird and people are going to be like, what? Uh, I just assume because it's sunny and they're in the summer yep. because I have winter here and fall and they really don't in California. So I always am like, hey, it's summertime. I I, I agree with you. I've always assumed it's summertime at in, in San Francisco. Um, and there's actually some – so there is some detail um, some details on this, but there's some con conflicting information. Yeah. Um, actually, there's three different dates. Uh, one of the scripts actually spells out that it's October 18th, 1985, so yeah. a completely different year. Um, the newspaper uh, that, did, that we just saw um, lists the date as uh, December 18th, 1986. Okay. So it's, so it's December, not even not even summer. Um, so. 
man, wouldn't you love to be in San Francisco in December? Right. Right. Yep. Us New Englanders oh, yeah. out here. Um, but there was another, um, there is a, there is a prop out there that showed up at uh, Star Trek, the experience in Las Vegas. Yep. Which um, uh, the prop was, uh, I think also probably from the next minute. Um, it's the, the, the pawn ticket that Kirk gets for the glasses. Okay. Um, and on the ticket, the date on the ticket is, is August 19th, 1986, summer. Okay. Yep. Um, so there's a disconnect there between the newspaper we see and the, the granted this prop, you can't see it in on right. screen. So does that mean it's, you know, our props canon? I think I've talked about that a million times. Like, I don't believe any prop that I see is real. I, yeah. They're all replicas and somebody mm. made them up on the side and. Oh, it could be. I would go with, for me, I think it makes sense to go with the newspaper just because yeah. that's an actual prop that we are looking at at the time of the movie happening. Yep. So I'm going with the date on the newspaper okay. is when they got there. All right. So we're going to say it is uh, December 18th, 1986. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm on board. Okay. All right. So here we go. Settled. I Settled. Did not, I did not know that. I learned something new today. Uh, okay, so moving on. Yeah. Uh, so they got to get some money. So Kirk's just like, Spock, let's go get some money. So <laughs> why does he – I don't understand why he goes with Spock. Is it is it still he's trying to perpetuate that buddy, you know, Spock and Kirk together again? You know, is, <laughs> is it – are they – is he just trying to do the buddy-buddy thing, trying to be friends with them? Like that, so you know they were always friends. Like, if I were McCoy, I'd be a little PO'd. Yeah, I'm not sure why he picks Spock for this little mission. I um, mean, Spock has done nothing to indicate in any way that they're they're buddies. Right, and and you would think, you know, if it is, if if kind of what you're suggesting is true, that you know Kirk is just trying to um, take every opportunity to work on Spock to kind of get him back to. Uh, the Spock we know and love that you know, remembers Jim as his friend and um, you know, right. get back to the old Spock. Um, they really think now is the time to be doing that. They've got a lot, they got a lot on their shoulders right now and they got a lot of irons in the fire. And so Kirk wants to just do one more thing and work on Spock's psych- psychological mental state. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like a lot to me. Um, maybe it just brings him for comfort. Maybe he's just nervous maybe. about doing and, this. And, and absolutely. Maybe. Or maybe he just has some information, you know, smartest man alive, uh, that I think I'm just going to – I'm going to make a website and just smartestmanalive.com. Just now have we, a picture of Spock. Now we got to buy it. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So um, – all right. So then we get to the next joke. Right. Yeah. So they're all just milling about and obviously not knowing what to do. And, you know, he's like, the rest of you break up. You look like a cadet review. (laughs) And I will say that uh, they (laughs) actually, I think, isn't Scotty talking to Sulu? He is. He's totally, they're only totally having a conversation. But like Uhura and Chekhov are like, what do we supposed to do like Uhura, Uhura looks the most out of place because she's like spinning in circles right 
and she's wearing, I mean, of all of them, she definitely looks like she's wearing some kind of uniform. You know, Scotty right. looks a little more casual with his, you know, stupid velour jacket. Um, well, that's the other, that's the other thing is like, no one is like, I know if I saw these crazy people on the, on the corner of a street and I saw McCoy, his get up mm-hmm. and Aurora's get up, I am, I'm staring. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I am like checking. I mean, he's got the worst looking outfit ever. She's got, like you said, some sort of uniform, and they're clearly milling about. I mean, you 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 wonder what what is going on there, and not one not one person stops to look. Yeah, yeah, no, they do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know. You're right. I would have stared too, but uh, they're just uh, these are good extras. Yeah, are, you know. I think. I think Scotty is not saying anything to Sulu. I think he's just pretending. He's like, oh, like, blah, 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 blah. Peas and, just, peas and carrots, just, peas and carrots, just, rhubarb, rhubarb. Right. He's just pretending to talk, to look to look normal. That's what I imagine he's he's doing right now. Um, and then, yeah, and then you get the, you know, Kirk and his hand wave. Oh, f- yeah. oh forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I would have done. Yeah. Um, all right, so switch to the antique store. Yep, so they're inside. Yep. Um, uh, at first I felt bad. I'm like, wow, I didn't do any research on this antique store. As far as like, look, there's a, there's a lot to look at in here, but uh, it's just an antique store. It's just, yeah. Yeah, there's no Easter eggs, which would have been cool. Um, Not that I know of. I mean, I don't see anything like it's a bunch of clock. It's a bunch of like clocks and phones. I wonder if Kirk, like, like as he's as they're waiting, I wonder if he picked out anything. Like, I want that piece, and that piece will go good in my collection. And yeah, I, yeah, because his his collection of antiques were were definitely uh, what we would have considered antiques in nineteen eighty five or four. Right. Um, not uh, you know he wasn't looking at you know. Garfield phones in, in yeah. 1986 and, and having that in his collection. A lot, a lot. Yeah. So is this, I, I guess I'm asking a different question. Well, I'm asking the question, is this a pawn shop or is this an antique store? Okay. Um, well, we do know that. Um, it is a, uh, going back to that same thing, the, the, well, we're going to question the authenticity of this prop ticket. Yep. Uh, but it is, uh, the name on the prop ticket is Feinberg's Loan and Pawn. Okay, so it is a pawn shop. Pawn shop. So, I guess my question, so now that I know that for sure, mm-hmm. so the guy who's listed as antique store owner, yep. uh-huh. not pawn shop owner, yep. antique store owner, says, he says, yes, they're 18th century American quite valuable so i would not expect a pawn shop owner maybe maybe i guess i i I guess i i guess if i went into a pawn shop i guess i wouldn't expect them to know that but now i'm thinking of uh that show that used to be on pawn stars or whatever (laughs) they would have like an expert come in and right big motorcycle dudes yeah and they would good they totally would say like oh this is fake or this is real and i guess yeah i guess maybe I'm answering my own question. Maybe they would. Maybe they would know that. Maybe. But I think I choose to believe <clears throat> that it is an antique store, and that's why this guy knows his stuff. Yeah. And that and that also 
confirms my theory that that prop ticket is fake, just like all yeah. the other props that you're. So if you see a prop out there, it's fake. Fake. Right. It's my. That's your theory. It's my theory. To it, they're all they're all fake. It looks like a pawn shop, though. Like. No, it, it doesn't. Like it looks like an antique store. I don't. There's I no. Don't, where, there'd be a drum set in the window if it was a if it was a pawn shop. There'd be guns, you know. Well, some of those clocks don't look like antiques, man. Uh, all I think of is um, Doc Brown's place in Back to the Future, where all the <laughs> clocks in the beginning of the. Yeah. There's a giant. Yeah. There's a giant speaker off to the right. We can't see it. Wow. Um. Uh, yeah, so late, uh, what, 18th century American quite valuable. Are sure you want to part with them, right? Is that where it ends up? Yeah. yeah. So are sure you want to part with them? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, interesting setup. Like, oh, it's a very creative. On, 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 well, here's okay. So here's a question. I'll, I was going to save it, but I'll ask it now. Yeah. Um, uh, why does Kirk, he has these glasses on him? Yeah. Where is he even keeping them? In like, his pocket, most likely. Just in his pocket? Yeah. Because they're, they're they're broken. They've been broken yeah. since Well he has Kong. that little he has that little plastic thing that he held, holds them in. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so he's been carrying these around um, I, I guess sentimentally. I mean McCoy sure. gave them to him for his birthday. Yeah. Well he, he needs them to read. No, they're broken. They remember they got broken at the end of Wrath of Khan. Do you think they got fixed? No, because he actually says in the next minute, "I'm jumping ahead." Then he goes, "They'd be more valuable well, with the lenses intact." True, but they're not like are they just the lenses cracked. I think he could still use them. Oh wow. Okay. I wear glasses, and that would freak me out. Well, it probably <laughs> would. But he uses them just for reading. He does not like you and I wear them every day because we have to. Okay. Interesting. All right, so you're you're proposing that Kirk has been wearing these <laughs> broken glasses to read for well, months at the and end, months. So at the well, at, maybe <laughs> at the end of uh, Wrath of Khan, he's in his room and he's reading his book and he just throws them to de- throws them down. Mm-hmm. Like we don't. I'm not assuming that he has never used them before, or I mean, again, since just because they're broken. Oh, I assumed he just threw them out. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well. Here we are disagreeing again, Dave. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, okay. We're done. Lock it up. Yeah. Close it down. Uh, speaking of, I don't have anything else for this minute. <laughs> so my last question, though, is he comes down and he says, 18th century American, quite valuable. I think of quite valuable $5,000. Mm, yeah, sure. Um, $2,000? Like, I'm thinking, when I think quite valuable... Especially something from the 18th century, I am literally thinking of a, a couple of G's. Right. Antique roadshow money. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I agree. And like, we'll see next minute, like, how much, how they're, much worth. they're worth or how much they get, I guess I should say. And then we can discuss how honest we think the antique store owner is. Yes. Yes. All right. Should we wrap it up here then? And I think we should wrap it up. All right. Let's do that. Wrap it up. Let's get out of here. Uh, in the meantime, folks, uh, we'll be back on Friday. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to go chat with us, talk to us, you can hit us on all the interwebs, StarTrekMinute.com. Uh, we're on social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, all the good stuff. Yep. Uh, uh, love to hear from you. Uh, so please check in. 
And uh, we'll be back again on Friday talking about Minute 42 of Voyage Home here at Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye.